Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Join Tyler and his team as they unlock the secrets to achieving financial independence through wealth-building strategies inspired by Robert Kiyosaki and other thought-provoking leaders. Learn to build leveraged streams of cash flow that land in your pocket and improve your quality of life. Gain access to cutting-edge ideas that will increase your productivity and streamline your success. Find out how to supercharge your retirement plan so you won't have to retire with a pay cut. You can escape the rat race. Are you ready? It's time to Learn to Earn with Tyler Sheff. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys podcast. It's that time again. We are here for another episode of the Cashflow Guys podcast where we are going to learn to earn. Now, in this episode, we're going to be we're still on our our series of back to basics and we're going to be there for a little bit, ladies and gentlemen. I know some of you are probably thinking, "Oh man, I wish you would get into the complicated weedy stuff because boy, isn't that sexy." Well, my dear engineer listeners, you're going to have to bear with me a little bit because some of these basic shows that we're going to be covering basic tactics they apply more to you than they probably do to a lot of our brand new investors so i need you to listen up pay attention let's get started let's learn to earn today we're going to talk about where to get funding and within this topic we're going to discuss a lot of the misconceptions that new and you know i gotta say several experienced investors get caught up in now before we get started with that i want to do a shout out to those that have uh Gone to the cashflowguys.com forward slash donate tab. You have sponsored us through our Patreon site. I really, really, really appreciate it. We had one person, they they donated $500 a month. That is awesome, guys. That is cool. So what I'm doing, so you're all aware, is if as I want to improve the show, I want to give you more value. Well, for me to be able to give you more value, I need to hire bigger teams. I need to have different people in place. We're going to start doing more video, more whatnot. Now, I, there's two different ways we can roll with this. I can put out a guru course. I can charge you $50,000 to learn how to buy a $50,000 house. Or I can continue packing my podcast full of value. Now, granted, it does take a great deal of my time. I have no problem giving that away. However, it does also take a great deal of money to put a podcast together, several thousand dollars a month. Uh, putting stuff together we've got this and that and equipment and and we're we're going to be doing a little bit of traveling to talk to some some notable guests and get stuff going and i would appreciate it if you guys can help us if you can't that's completely understandable but if you can head on over to cashflowguys.com forward slash donate even one dollar is much appreciated any i hate to i'm not don't want you to think i'm begging for money because i'm not but I wanted to give you the opportunity because a lot of my listeners have reached out lately and said, Tyler, you do so much for us. What can we do for you? Well, you know, don't need a dollar. Any overage that we get for that, I'm going to give it away to charity. But at this point, guys, you got to understand, we don't have enough donators to be anywhere near uh, having a surplus. So we want you to have the opportunity if the mood strikes. And if it doesn't, that's fine, too. We're, we're here to provide the value. So if you're ready, let's go ahead and get started. Now, this week, I want to begin with a lot of the, a couple of the common scams that uh, relate to loan programs. I've been seeing a lot of this lately. I see it on Craigslist. I see it on Facebook. And granted, I don't spend a whole lot of time on Craigslist. But when I am on there, um, I do see this come on more often than not. And it's it kind of freaks me out because I'm thinking to myself, well, how many people are getting suckered into this? I thought, you know what? I better record an episode about this. I better address this. 
so that the cash flow guys community can uh, be warned. I want you to be warned. I want you to be safe. That's important for me. We'll start out with predatory lenders. Now, back in the 06, 05, 06, 07, right before the crisis, they talked about predatory lenders. And although there were a lot of predatory lenders out there, there's also a lot of greedy, greedy borrowers. By that, I mean borrowing the equity from their home and then going out and taking a vacation and buying garbage, buying houses just to buy houses. Heck, a lot of people, some that I know, bought houses. They didn't even bother to put tenants in them. They just bought a house because they thought it was a great investment and the market was kept going up. Well, what they didn't allow for is the market went back down again. They were on the bag for mortgages they couldn't afford and they didn't have a tenant in place. They didn't do any, any numbers, any math, any due diligence, anything. And then it, it, we had our financial crisis. It is what it is. I'm not going to, the whole purpose of this is not to blame anybody, but there are still predatory lenders out there. You have to understand that lately. I see them, uh, focusing on small business, the small entrepreneur, the new entrepreneur that's recently in business or has been in business for a while. You're starting to build your business, starting to build your brand. And like all of us that start in business, you get to a point to where you're wondering, man, am I going to run out of cash before the cash starts coming in? Or how's this going to work out? And lo and behold, you get a little letter in the mail. And I get these things all the time. I mean, all the time. I've got several different companies now. And these companies get all kinds of different mail. It's crazy. And they're asking me, they're telling me, oh, you can get a $750,000 loan in the next five minutes. And you don't even have to pay it back. We'll just give you the money. That's basically what they're saying in these, in these on the envelope. I don't even get to the letter. They're trying to sell me on the envelope. So be careful when you're out there. Here's the thing. If it seems too good to be true, it probably is. Now, when you get loan applications in the mail or loan offers in the mail for your brand new LLC that you just formed because one of the, somebody from some coaching program told you that you have to have 17 LLCs and run your credit card limits up, be aware. Now, there's some services out there that will charge you a fee around 10% and they will go out and get credit cards for you. And basically how they're doing this is they're taking your name and they're going and applying for a tax ID number in your name. So in other words, it would be, uh, if you use my name, like say, well, if you use my name, I, I will, you don't do, don't use my name, but let's say Tom Smith and you use the tax ID number, I don't know, one, two, three, four, five, whatever, you get a tax ID number from the IRS. That happens to have the same amount of digits that a social security number has on it. They will go apply for credit cards and these credit card companies will pretty much give any company that can fog a mirror a credit card. Well, there's a reason why you have to qualify for credit cards, ladies and gentlemen. And these companies will, they'll go get you a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars lines of credit. Very easy. But understand, these are credit cards and they'll lure you in with the, well, you got one year interest free. I know people that are buying, that have used these to buy houses. Now, granted, these people are not too smart, but uh, they went out and took cash advances which, by the way, if you take a cash advance, that usually does not fall under the interest-free one-year thing that they're offering. I did a little digging on this. They will go out and buy a property just using that credit card money. They obviously can't pay it back off in a year, or at least they, they should know better, but they're not that savvy to begin with. And <laughs> now they've got $100,000 in revolving debt, and the 12-month, the clock strikes 12, and that goes all the way up to 18%. I've heard 27.9%. I've heard some insane amounts of money 
uh, going out here for these interest rates for these lenders at these credit cards. And now the company that got you the credit card is not the same company that issues it. And they'll like go to Chase Bank and things like this. And basically what they're doing is they're misrepresenting the facts and they're manipulating the system to get you credit that you didn't really qualify for in the first place. So think about the ethics behind that. Okay. Number one, number two, if they had to go to such lengths to get you credit, that probably tell that's probably sending somebody a message, hopefully you, that you shouldn't get a credit card at this point until you get your act together financially. Maybe now is not a good time for you to be tempted by a credit card. Think about that for a second. Don't get lured into this. And fortunately, a lot of these lenders, well, they, they lure you in and you're thinking, boy, if I just had the money, hear that a lot. And then lo and behold, poof, you got the money. Well, and now what? So let's think about that. Think hard about that before you do it. Now, a lot of people talk about hard money. And a lot of people think that hard money lenders are ripping people off and this, that, and the other. And, you know, the jury's still out on that. Now, I'm sure there's some hard money lenders out there that are far from, from scrupulous and, and whatnot. But really, you got to understand, a lot of hard money lenders out there, these are people that have retirement accounts. And, you know, if, if they gave you, a let's say, a, a 4% interest rate in, in 12 months, you know, the total that they're going to make, if, let's say they loan you $100,000, at 4%, the most that they're going to make, let's do that math, folks, if you're with me, and how you calculate that, by the way, is you put $100,000 in the calculator, you multiply it by 4%, that's four grand. So is it worth going through the paperwork, going through the hassle as the hard money lender, as the IRA owner, is it worth going through the hassle of giving a hard money loan for 12 months for a whopping four grand? Well, if I was asked that question, I would say, Hell no, it's not worth it. That's where you'll see points and things charged in the front and points charged in the back, which basically is points generally means they'll add a, per, a percentage point or whatnot to the amount. They'll multiply that by the loan amount for some upfront profit or back-end profit. So if it's got two points on it, let's say that might be $2,000. That'll be collected up front before they give the loan proceeds or it will be taken away from the loan proceeds. So it'll be a $100,000 loan and you're only going to get $98,000 when the check arrives. That's that's one of the ways they do that. There's many ways they structure it, but that's one of them. They do the same thing on the back end. My point is, you have to be thinking about your cost of funds. Now, if you're going to be flipping houses, and frankly, I think in this climate, unless you've been doing it a while and you have some experience, if you're new, you're just getting started, I don't think flipping houses makes sense right now. I think we have a saturated market. I think we have a housing market that is starting to plateau. And I think that sales are going to slow here in coming months and, and probably in coming years. And of course, everybody is pretty much on board and agrees with the fact that we're going to have some sort of a correction at some point. Now, I'm not an advocate of timing the market. I don't think that's possible to effectively time the market. However, I do think there's a time to flip and not a time to flip. I don't think there's ever a bad time to buy a property if you're going to keep it for cash flow, provided that you're buying with criteria that makes good sense, that has good fixed rate financing, long-term financing, like a 30-year or 20-year mortgage, that is a fixed rate mortgage, not an adjustable mortgage, because adjustable mortgages maybe sound good in the beginning, but they're not so good after all and down the road. As far as the easy loan program scam, one more thing that you're going to hear about is, and I've had, this is where the unscrupulous hard money lenders come in, by the way. 
application fees or upfront fees. Those are garbage fees, folks. Those are different additional ways for them to make a profit. They should disclose those in writing. And I'm telling you, there are there so many people out there right now that has money to invest. The competition has gone the other way. As far as the private money sector, it's hard to find any good producing opportunities to invest in that makes sense right now. So there are a lot of people out there with money looking to get it moving because idle money is not making money. Therefore, if somebody's trying to charge you an application fee or an upfront fee to get a loan, you should be skeptical. You should be highly skeptical. Frankly, I would run screaming the other direction. That would be me. I would suggest you would do the same. I just don't think it's necessary. I think that if you spend a little bit of time building your database and networking that you're going to find good financing that does not require application fees or upfront fees. Here in Florida, one of my preferred lenders, which is uh, Frank Cotto over at Lincoln Lending, and for those of you listening out of the state of Florida, Frank cannot do business outside of the state of Florida, unfortunately. Otherwise, for him, I would probably make an exception on my no, not, no commercials rule, and this is not a commercial, this is a learning experiment, or learning experience, rather. Some, I use a mortgage broker, I don't use hard money, but my mortgage broker who does loans for the investors that buy properties from me, he also is a hard money lender. So he can also help out with the rehab monies or if somebody buys a multifamily building or they buy a house for a rental or whatever, he can loan in hard money. After the closing, he can loan out hard money, which is less uh, scrutiny as far as getting qualified to help these investors get rolling. That said, you have to have a plan in mind. So in other words, you begin with the end in mind. Keep that, in, keep that away or keep that in the front of your mind. Now, the takeaway from this really should be lenders really should be competing for your business. Okay. You have to understand they're not doing you a favor. They're making an investment. So you have to get it out of your mind that these investors are doing you a favor. Don't fall trapped to that. Okay. These, these lenders are not doing you any favors. They are making an investment. That's all they're doing. They're simply making an investment. So you being the one providing them an opportunity to get their money moving versus having it sit still doing nothing are essentially allowing them to eat. Let's do a little bit of mindset shift there for a minute. So think about that. Now, granted, you go to the local bank and you see the little guy, a little girl behind the counter that, that makes their eight bucks an hour doing whatever in the bank. Well, they're not really motivated to get you squared away in financing or lending you money. You're going to have to fall under certain underwriting guidelines. If you work with a mortgage broker, and this is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about getting qualified for a mortgage, Go see a mortgage broker. Okay, you're not going to find a mortgage broker at your local bank. You need to look in the phone book. God forbid, I can't believe I just said phone book. <laughs> Google search, put your zip code in, in Google, and mortgage broker. And you will probably see several of them. It doesn't matter whether they put your zip code in the front or your zip code behind the words mortgage broker. And that's M-O-R-T-G-A-G-E, mortgage broker. And get with a good local reputable loan broker or mortgage broker. They should be licensed in your state. They should be federally licensed. You should be able to verify that they are licensed very easily. You should be able to ask for their residential mortgage loan originators license. They call it a REMLO. R-M-L-O. Ask for that. What's your license number? Frankly, it should be right on their website. It should be in their business cards. It should be on their email signature. You shouldn't have to go looking too far for it. It should be right in front of you. So work with licensed professionals. 
when you're bar when you're loaning borrowing money from a mortgage broker make sure they're licensed that's going to help you there now if you're dealing with a private party obviously the private party is not licensed to lend money that said that's fine if they're not licensed provided they're lending their own money so keep that in mind they're lending their own money now there's exceptions to every rule understand there's exceptions to every rule I'm not going to dive into the weeds and I know you experienced investors are thinking well you know I, I've done a syndication and I loan money out of my syndicate not what I'm talking about here folks not what I'm talking about at all I'm talking about institutional lending should be handled by institutional lenders that are licensed okay mortgage brokers rather that are licensed it's been a long day forgive me but understand they're not doing you a favor when you're dealing with a private person that's you it's private money obviously private money is not going to be licensed but like I said then they should be loaning their own money okay so just keep that in mind they should be loaning their own money if you're dealing with an institutional mortgage like through a broker understand there's lots of programs available one of the most popular ones is what they call Fannie Mae. Fannie Mae generally will, offers a program where you can put as little as 3.5% of the purchase price down. So if you're buying a $100,000 duplex, let's say, that means you only have to put down about 3500 bucks plus the closing costs and a little a couple extra fees and whatnot. When you're shopping for a mortgage, take the time to get a quote, a good faith estimate from more than one lender. See, we have a bottom feeder lender in our market that flat out refuses to give a good faith estimate because they've changed the law requiring the lenders to do so up until right before the closing. Now that's kind of a scumbag move. If somebody's not willing to disclose to you what their fees are, what you're expected to pay at the closing table, then you need to change and go on to the next lender. Very simple. There is no reason they cannot provide you an estimate. Most lenders that are savvy are going to provide you an estimate that's a little higher than what they what it actually is so just keep that in mind now the USDA and you can ask them why that is and I'm sure they'll be happy to explain the USDA is another one US Department of Agriculture actually makes loans on single-family multifamily properties in what they call rural or what are classified as rural areas now you'd be surprised I've seen some USDA USDA loans being done in areas that I am telling you are not rural in my opinion but who am I? I'm not the USDA. If they want to loan money with extremely flexible terms, you may want to look into that a little bit. If you go on the USDA.gov, G-O-V, you'll see that in the show notes, USDA.G, like Gulf O-V, you can read all about the different loan programs they have. Sometimes on their website, they change it quite often. They have a list of preferred lenders. You can call one of those in your state. Same with the Veterans Administration, the VA, and people think the VA, the Veterans Administration, is a pain in the butt to deal with. Usually you'll hear that nonsense from realtors. Not so. I've done several VA mortgages for my buyers. I've sold people fourplexes, triplexes, duplexes, single-family houses. You name it. Even mobile homes in some cases on VA mortgages. One of my, the fourplex that my wife and I live in is financed by a VA mortgage. Ladies and gentlemen, not only did I get a zero down deal, I walked out of that closing with a check. How about that? So if you're going to go to a bank, I suggest, if you're just going to ignore my advice and you're going to go to a bank, I suggest, or you're maybe your credit challenged or you're trying to do something creative, I would suggest you talk to a local bank in your area, a small bank. 
In other words, somebody that makes a local underwriting decision. If you're somewhere out in the Midwest or someplace like that, like Montana where the elk roam free and the trout are laying upon the shores, then maybe you would uh, work with a local bank in that case. But I would still run everything through and buy a mortgage broker as well to compare costs. Okay, that's important because where a lender, so you know, initially makes their money is at the closing table in closing costs. My lender doesn't charge anything on the front end. He charges on the back end. So when the mortgage gets sold is where he makes his money. So he's able to give extremely aggressive quotes on closing costs and whatnot because his profits on the back end, you see, so that's brilliant. I had one guy that bought a multifamily property from me and walked out of the closing table with like a $5,000 check, uh, lender credit refund. Gotta love that. So as far as getting qualified, you have to educate everybody you know about what you're doing, okay? That's important. A lot of people are going to want to come along on the ride, and a lot of people are too scared to go at it alone. So if you're out there looking to raise capital, that's a great way to start, folks. We talked about that in previous episodes, how to raise capital. Sometimes you might need a little bit of help from family or friends with the down payment. You might need a gift from a relative or something like that. But the more you talk about what you're doing, you get people on board with what you're doing, they understand what you're doing, you'll be surprised. People want to get on board. Maybe they're scared to get on board. And you don't have to run around trying to hump their leg and beg them and plead them and whatnot and, and drag them kicking and screaming to the closing table. But you can say, hey, Uncle Jerry, you know, I've been doing real estate for a long time. Have you ever considered getting involved in real estate investing? Yeah, I thought about it, but I don't know if that's more more than I can. I don't want to bite off more than I can chew. Yeah, me either. Hey, you know, I found this triplex over there. You want to help me go through this deal and look through this deal with me? I think you might want to come in with a down payment. And I'll do all the work. You know, one of my mentors, Pete Fortunato, says it best. You use what you need. I'm sorry, use what you have to get what you need in order to accomplish what you want. Use what you have to get what you need in order to accomplish what you want. Peter Fortunato says that. I love that saying because it couldn't be more true. Now, my favorite little program, and I talked about this quite a while back on the pod, on the episodes here on the show, but I'm going to talk about it again briefly before we wrap up. It's the Buy, Fix, Occupy, Repeat plan. And I've heard several different acronyms to describe this, but that's what I call it, and it's my show. I can call it whatever I want. And I'm an only child, so there you go. How do you like that? Ha ha. My wife was here. She'd be rolling her eyes right now. So the FHA, folks, the FHA, that's the Federal Housing Administration, allows a 3.5% down payment. Okay? 3.5% down payment. And right now, and, and I just literally sent a message to my lender a few minutes ago before I hit record on this, and I asked them how much, what percentage of the purchase price can the seller pay, the seller of the property pay towards your closing costs? Now, stay with me a minute. I think you're thinking, why would the seller pay the closing costs? Stay with me for a second. And his answer was up to 6%. So the seller can pay up to 6% of the purchase price of the house. So to, to bring it home for you, if we're talking about a $100,000 purchase price, the seller can contribute up to $6,000 towards your closing costs. Remember that $6,000 math number here in just a second. So that said, one of the ways that this is done is the, because you're going to, I'm going to answer that next question right now is, well, why in the hell would the seller want to 
cover my closing costs in a hot market. Well, maybe you would add a portion of that to the purchase price to compensate him for doing so. Because if you think about what are your closing costs, what does that cost you over 30 years? Let's figure that out. $6,000. 30 years is 360 months. Let's see. $6,000 divided by 360 months. That's $16 a month for 30 years. Not much. Not bad. That's if you put it all on there. But, you know, sometimes if you're tight on the, on the price and the appraisal, you bring it up a little bit, they'll bring up a little bit. Maybe get other people to participate. Maybe the realtor come in, carry theirs as a down, as a as a mortgage against the property. Who knows? Lots of things you could do. My point is, ask. Don't assume that the seller will not put up any of the closing costs. Don't assume it. When you assume you you are absolutely going to be wrong one hundred percent of the time, I guarantee it. So instead, ask the question. If you're going through a realtor, insist that they ask for closing costs. And if they say no, that's okay, but at least you asked. Keep that in mind. Now, on this program, here's how it's going to work. You're going to save every nickel starting today because you can buy a place for as little as $3,500 out of pocket and live there for one year. Now, right there is where I lose about half of the audience right now. Well, wait a minute, Tyler. I don't want to move into a duplex. Well, boo-hoo. Then don't come crying to me that you don't ever have any passive income and you got to work like a slave for the rest of your life as a wage slave, paying the highest taxes allowed by law, letting the government peter away your money, and I don't even care who's in office. Don't complain to me and don't complain to anybody else. Deal with it. Suck it up, buttercup. But let's decide that you want to man up or put on your big girl panties and you want to grow up and not rely on Social Security that you know damn well is not going to be there when you need it anyway unless you're probably 63, maybe you, you might have a chance. But I'm 46, and I'm not optimistic it's going to be there, so I've made adjustments and plans otherwise. See, I am out of the rat race. I suggest you join me. It's kind of cool on this side of the fence, let me tell you. I like it. So let's, re let's back up a little bit. Let's save every nickel. Starting today, let's buy a place for as little as 3500 bucks out of pocket. Let's live there for one year. Okay, you've decided... You're going to make positive changes, take action right away. You're going to live there for 12 months. When you move out, it's going to cash flow $200 a door, let's say. That's going to give you 400 bucks a month coming in passive. That's after paying the mortgage, after paying the taxes, after paying the repair bills, after paying the water bill, electric, whatever. That's going to cost you, that's going to profit you 400 bucks a month, let's say. And these are round numbers. Whether or not these numbers are realistic depends on how good you can negotiate. Don't worry, that'll be coming in future episodes. You're going to save every penny of that for one year, okay? I know, it's hard. You're going to have to say no to Starbucks. Or maybe you're going to have to work a little overtime at work. Or maybe you're going to sell some of that garbage that's in your closet if you really want the Starbucks. The bottom line is you're going to save that cash flow for 12 months, every penny of it. That's going to add up to 4800 bucks a year, 4800 bucks in the first year. Remember, in the previous example, you only needed 3500 right? Now you have 4800 so go get a nice dinner, pat yourself on the back, go run a jet ski, drive around the lake, whatever makes you float your boat, have a little fun, you did good. Take the rest of it and go put it down on another duplex. Go buy that duplex, make it pretty, live in it for 12 months, 
and do it again. Here's the deal, folks. I'm going to summarize it for you right now before we wrap up. If you did this right now, and I know a lot of you are in your 20s that are listening to this podcast right now. Some of you are in your 30s. Many of you are in your 40s. And a lot of you are in your 50s. So let's pretend you're in your 50s. If you are listening to this podcast and do not have at least 4 to $5 million in cash sitting in your retirement account right now, generating around a 7 to 8% net yield, then you are not going to be able to retire. Understand me, hear me now. If you do not have that money, it's not going to happen. Enjoy working for the rest of your life. Or you can buckle down for the next 10 years, and that's if you decide for it to take 10 years. Folks, it took me 12 months because I was motivated. I wanted it more than everybody else. But let's say that it takes you 10 years. Let's say that you're as lazy as can be, and you're only going to do one per year. And you're not going to even do anything creative. You're just going to buy off the shelf. So you're going to buy one new property, one new duplex every year for $100,000. And yes, I know prices fluctuate. I get it. Work with me here. One per year, 10 years. That means you're going to have 20 doors, 10 properties, and you're going to have $48,000 a year in passive income. You're going to have $48,000 a year of passive income taxed at the lowest rate allowed by law if at all, because you may qualify for what they call passive income losses. Check with your CPA on that. It's called passive income losses. Ask them about that once you escape the rat race. Well, hell, ask them about it now. It'll give you something to look forward to. I love passive income losses because I spend well over 700 and some odd hours engaged in real estate investing activities. I can assure you that. And if your CPA says it has, you have to have a real estate license to take that, that exemption, fire them and hire a new one. Yes, I said that. It's my show. I can say whatever I want. I like that. And I'm in my own sandbox right now. But seriously, do it now. What are you waiting for? Are, do you, can you honestly say that you have $48,000 a year in passive income when you retire? I bet maybe three people listening to this show right now, and I, my audience is approaching 200,000. Uh, 200,000 people, I bet you I could count on my fingers and toes how many people actually are going to be able to retire with a $48,000 a year income. So those of you, 10 or less, that are listening that do not fall into that category, you can go ahead and stop listening now. The rest of you, get moving. Start today. No more excuses. I'm not going to take care of you. But you can serve me my dinner when, we're, when I'm retired and you're still working. And I know that's kind of a nasty thing to say to some people, and some people can get a little butthurt when I said that. Boo-hoo. Here's the deal. Take the action, and what I said won't apply to you. If it does apply to you, that's not Tyler's fault. Ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you coming out today and spending this with me. I hope you took away something from this today. I hope that you are going to take massive action to get to where you need to be. I will see you next week. Have a great week. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.